From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Final hour of the Bill Michaels Show as we continue on on this Tuesday. It's Packers-Bears week, and you're ready for the rivalry game coming up in primetime on Sunday night from Lambeau Field. This portion of the program presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good flavors, cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple, strawberry. You can go to uh, BudLight.com for all the information. And uh, joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, our Radio.com NFL insider and uh, joining us uh, from former Cleveland Browns GM as well. Michael Lombardi's here. Michael, how you been? I'm good, Bill. Thank you. How are you? We're doing well. Um, looking at this game uh, that the Packers just recently played against Indianapolis, um, one of the arguments is this team's not beating teams with winning records. Uh, give me, Give me your thoughts on the Green Bay Packers kind of from the outside looking in right now. Well, I mean, look, they, you know, the, the defense's concepts are built around stopping the run, something they really struggle to do most of the season. And, you know, when you don't score any points in the second half until the final drive and you're giving up and you don't get any first downs against a team that you're up by two touchdowns on, that, that's a problem. That's going to keep coming up again. So, look, I, I think there's the reality of it is, is the North is not nearly as good as it once was. You know, we know Chicago's good on defense. They have no offense. Minnesota's kind of in a little bit of a rebuilding era, although their offense is outstanding. But And then Detroit is what Detroit typically is. So, you know, I, I think the concern has to be, if you're a Packer fan, is the overall play of the defense. You know, their inability to really get control of the game because they never can get control of the running game. And, you know, they're able to, if they can't rush the passer, they really can't stop it. I mean, points on the first half, second half possession – the Packers have been 27th. I mean, teams come out at halftime and score on them, you know, and they allowed yards after the catch. They rank 27th in the National Football League in those categories. So whether you, whoever you're playing, those are concerning areas that you've got to get fixed. The, uh, the offense, you don't usually see them turn the ball over that much. So uh, the, the question became, was this are the Packers a good team that just played a bad game and turnovers turn you've turned the ball over four times you're hardly ever going to win a ball game but they still had a shot at the end of that game so was this a bad team or a good team that played poorly or is this a team that continues just just to struggle with teams that are 500 or better well I think they struggle with a certain kind of team I mean look that defensively I'm not sure what they were doing when you watch it uh, there are too many easy plays that happen that you, you know, even Troy Aikman said on the air, like, I'm not sure what they were doing on defense. Right. And I'm not sure Troy always knows what they're doing, but I think the two concerns you have in that game, the red zone third down conversions are always a problem, right? Offensively, they rank 30th and 20th in the national football league. Those are the four point plays. Those are the plays that separate you. When, when you have Aaron Rodgers and you have the ball at the 15 yard line with 42 seconds left to go in the game, Right. And whether they have a timeout or not, you're scared to death you're losing that game. Like, I don't I don't want to be the Colts in that situation. And yet they came out of it. OK, they throw the seven yard pass to Tanya. They miss Tanya for another pass. They basically don't get enough plays run with the amount of time on the clock. You have 42 seconds in the game there. You're basically thinking, I got six plays. Now, I know I got to get a first down, but I got six plays 
if I get a first down, I got six plays, but I got to get the most amount of plays I can in the end zone to win this game and not have it to go to overtime. And they didn't do it. So I think there's issues as you look at it. I think they're a good team. Are they a 13 win team? No, we didn't think they were one last year. I think the right team's going to give them problems. I look at the Packers going into this postseason, and uh, there is no distinctive uh, NFC team. There's not a team that doesn't have a flaw in some particular sense. Uh, there's not a powerhouse. But I think the Packers, with the right matchup, can go deep into the postseason or find themselves in a Super Bowl. It's going to be that matchup of that strong, in-the-trenches defensive front against Tampa Bay, against L.A., or against uh, a team like an Indy. But I think L.A. and I think uh, Tampa Bay are the two teams that would probably match up best against them. Do you agree? Well, yeah. I mean, look, you know, the thing is, is the problems the Rams are going to present is the Rams are going to run the ball on Green Bay, and that's going to be an issue. The Saints will run the ball on Green Bay. That'll be an issue. I, I always tend to look at it from a coaching standpoint. I think the one thing about the NFC, and I wrote this today for The Athletic, I think we know who the teams are in the NFC. I think we have a pretty good idea of of the six teams that are going to go along with the bad team from the East, right? I mean, we know it's going to be one of those bad teams in the East. We know Green Bay is going to represent the North. We know probably two teams will win that will be in the South. The Saints have the, have the two-game lead plus a game. And then there will be three teams in the West. Now, which matchup do the Packers want to play in the first round that they think they could get off the hook? Is it Seattle? You know, Seattle doesn't really want to run the ball this year. They want to throw it. Is it Arizona? Arizona runs the ball more than you think. Arizona's true true ability lies with their quarterback's running skills, and then they throw the ball. They're not a pure passing team. And then, of course, it's you know, if it's the Giants, Washington, or Dallas, or even Philadelphia, they don't really count as playoff teams. So every team, to me, has a potential risk to the Packers with the exception of the East. Now this matchup coming up on Sunday night against a Bears team, which Bears championship-style defense and offense that I, I, I don't even get it half the time. I don't know why they get away from what it is that begins to work and a team that still can't find themselves a consistent quarterback, uh, a team that I thought was a little bit of a farce with their record early on this season. Tell me about the Bears and your thoughts there. Well, you know, they benched MVP Mitch. I call him Mitch, MVP Mitch because everybody was voting for him two years ago to be the MVP in the league. And right. Las Vegas had liability on him, so which I never could understand. Mm. You know, he's actually Trubisky's thrown for more yards per attempt than what Nick Foles has done. Nick Foles is under six yards per attempt. He's thrown ten touchdown passes, eight interceptions. Nick Foles has played like Nick Foles plays like a backup quarterback, and Nick Foles has never played sixteen games in his entire NFL career. The problems the Bears have is their offensive line is not very good. They don't have any physical toughness with their offensive line. They don't have a running back that they can give the ball to on a consistent basis. They've been trying to give it to Cordell Patterson. He averages less than three yards a carry, and he only has 13 yards as a long run. Why would you continue to do that? You know, Bill, when you think about the Bears, you think about a run team, physical. They have two rushing touchdowns after 10 games. Two rushing touchdowns right. after 10 games. They don't have an identity. They, they've hired a play caller, Matt Nagy, from the Andy, Andy Reid tree. All they want to do is throw the ball. All they want to do is throw the ball, but they can't do anything well. They don't throw the ball well enough. Their leading receiver averages 12 yards a catch. They can't make explosive plays down the field. This is a bad offense by scheme, by design, and in the offensive line. 
Talking to our Radio.com Sports NFL insider and former Cleveland Browns GM, Michael Lombardi, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. You had mentioned the rest of the NFC. Um, is there a team right now that you feel has the edge? I think, uh, first of all, I think L.A. is an up-and-coming team. I think that they are starting to put it all together. They like to run the ball. If Goff does enough just not to kind of manage the game and just not screw it up, I think they're going to be a really tough out. I like Seattle, but I still think their defense is susceptible. You had mentioned Arizona. Um, but I, I really like New Orleans, but the Packers have already beaten them. I don't know what they present to the Green Bay Packers that would cause the Packers to really kind of, you know, kind of have a matchup nightmare. But uh, talk about some of the other teams in the NFC. Who you think might be that front runner right now? Well, look, you know, when you have Aaron Rodgers and he's averaging over eight yards attempt, you're you're a front runner as much as the problems they have. You're as good a front runner as anybody. I mean, the Saints are a good team. I think Taysom Hill came in. He threw for almost 80% completion last week. He was sensational. He, Alvin Kamara didn't even make a difference in the game. It was Michael Thomas and, and Taysom Hill. So they're going to be an issue. I think the Rams, you said if, if the Rams protect Goff, and really the key to the Rams are, last night what you saw was Sean McVay's masterful performance in terms of throwing the quick game, really getting the ball out of Goff's hands quickly so Todd Bowles couldn't pressure him and took basically the New Orleans Saints game plan and duplicated it. And it made the Bucks defense, which is really pretty good, kind of neutralize them. So that's an issue there. You know, I think the Rams are good, but I think the Rams have to go against a team that can't dominate the front. You know, and, and that's a hard mm-hmm. thing to do. The Saints can, Saints can pressure Goff. Goff's going to play as well as his protection. I think there's no doubt about that. I think the Saints and the Packers are probably the two best teams along with the Rams. I think that'll be the fight. Uh, real quick, over in the East, is it just Kansas City and Pittsburgh? Nobody talks about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's the only team without a blemish on their on their record. And while we kind of mention them, it's almost like, almost like it's a throw-in. I, I still think they're a really, really good team. And the fact that Ben has been feeling it all season long, their defense has been playing lights out, I really like that team. I don't, I don't know why they don't get more respect. I don't know either. I mean, they're really good. Uh, they, they have a defense that can rush the passer, and they have an offense that can get the lead. They're really good. The Chiefs are really good, too. The Chiefs can play anyway and win. I mean, you know, they had the ball 22 minutes against the Panthers and scored 30-some points. They had the ball 32 minutes against, against the Raiders, and they scored 35 points. They do enough to win the game. They know how to play. They can play different styles and win. To me, this is really about who can beat the Chiefs when it comes time for the Super Bowl. The Steelers are one of the few teams that actually, I think, have a chance to. Great stuff, as uh, as always. I certainly appreciate it, Michael, and uh, we will talk to you again down the road real soon, okay? Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Have a great holiday. There you go. Michael Lombardi, Radio.com Sports NFL Insider and former Cleveland Browns GM, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider. Hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. Our insider calls brought to you by the new Mercedes-Benz Vans. Find out how far an extra mile really goes. Uh, when we come back, uh, I want to get back into the topic that we talked about at the top of the show, and that is, does it feel like the Packers are the wash, rinse, repeat Packers, or... Are you looking at this through the green and gold glasses? And I got some people that emailed me a little bit earlier today. I want to get into that. Meanwhile, I also want to let you know that our friends at Quick Trip, great meals, take them home, heat them and eat them, just like mom would make. And don't forget to use your Quick Rewards card as well. Stop in, and it'll be even for the, for the simple things, bread, milk, eggs, bananas, whatever it happens to be, they've got it right there. 
And they've got it at great prices. Holy mackerel. I mean, I, I go to the grocery stores for all the other things. I go there to Quick Trip for a lot of that stuff, the bread, the milk, the eggs, and the, the bananas that I eat you know, all the time, all that kind of stuff. Uh, all you got to do is stop into your local Quick Trip store and check that out for yourself. So there you go. That's our friends over there at Quick Trip. And, again, don't forget, use your Quick Rewards card. Uh, let's do this when we come back. Uh, well, you tell me. Do you think the Packers are a good team that played poorly, or they're just a team that's going to do the same old, same old, get to the postseason, doesn't matter the record, and then get beat? More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We continue on. We are glad you are with us, as always. Hey, don't forget about our friends at Epoxy Flooring Done Right. Sean and the gang over there, they do epoxy flooring, polyurea coatings, different colors, different finishes, smooth as glass or a little bit rough. They can do it in your garage. They can do it in your gym. They can do it in your basement, do it in the rec room. Uh, Or if you're a business owner and you want to get your showroom done, maybe industrial, you want to get a big industrial loading area done, they can do it all, and they do some painting as well. They're great people, and they warranty it for life for life check out sean and the gang at epoxyflooringdoneright.com that is epoxyflooringdoneright.com and see for yourself what it is i've been talking about because they're just good good people over there again epoxyflooringdoneright.com that's epoxyflooringdoneright.com so at the beginning of the show today we had said that uh, the green bay packers are what are they a good team that just played poorly or Are they a team that's basically going to be same old, same old? And many of you chiming in. Many of you. Um, Yeah, Edju1952 says, it's a wash. Basically, they're the same team. No big deal. Um, Then I've got one here from Marcy who says, this team's going to disappoint us again. They're going to break my damn heart. Um, This one's from uh, Elfon. E-L-F-O-N, Elfon, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, who says uh, the Green Bay Packers are who we thought they were. They're going to be a team that is going to get into the postseason. They're probably going to win a game, and then they're going to bow out gracefully because their defense isn't that good. They'll fire the defensive coordinator, try to rebuild this thing. They won't do anything in the offseason, and then we're going to want the other coordinator fired, just like we did after Dom Capers. Uh, this is an organization that believes in mediocrity or being just above mediocrity because they've got a good quarterback. Sure, sell all the Aaron Rodgers jerseys you possibly can, pocket the money, and don't give a damn about us fans ever winning a championship again, which, uh, you know, I don't agree with. I, they want to win a championship, okay? that They, they want to win a championship. The money you make off of a cha- – I've said this time and again. The money you make off of a championship, it, it, it's it's remarkable. Um, I think what the fear is, being in Green Bay, is that you end up with a couple of years of bad years where you're not getting into the postseason and you're not getting that extra money. So what does going for it outweigh what could possibly happen ramification-wise down the road? And that's where all of that comes into play. 855-830-8648. 855-830-8648. If you want to chime in, do it. 
Uh, this was from Brad uh, in Sturgeon Bay. says, this Packers team reminds me of teams from the past 10 years. Uh, what I find most frustrating is the refusal to draft players like a T.J. Water, a Patrick Queen, that would have had an immediate impact. It's even more frustrating when you see what the former executives have done in three years in Cleveland. It's clear that Mark Murphy kept the wrong guy as general manager. Ted Thompson wasted the middle part of Aaron Rodgers' career, and Gutekinds will waste the remainder of it. Uh, and that's from our buddy Brad in Sturgeon Bay. Let's go to uh, back to the phone calls. Talk to Eric listening to us in Green Bay. Eric, how you doing, man? What's going on? I'm doing all right, Bill. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. What's on your mind? What are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking that I'm hearing an awful lot of uh, blame being put on Gutekunst. I mean, not Gutekunst, on Mike Patton. And mm-hmm. I kind of disagree with that because I don't know how many times in a game we see penetration into the backfield and two or three guys, or at least one guy, right there to make the play and doesn't do it. And you look at it and you say, well, he had the right defense called, but the player wasn't able to make the play. Whiffed on the tackle, over-pursued in the backfield or something to where you can tell the right defense was called, but the player couldn't make the play. I put this on Gutekunst. I mean, how many dominant defenses in NFL history can you think of that didn't have dominant middle linebacker play. I mean, you can go from Mike Singletary to Patrick Queen now to Roquan Smith to Denver had Trevathan, and who's the other guy they had that was just a stone-cold killer? I mean, they have ignored the middle linebacker position completely. And then on top of it, you know, I mean, I didn't even know DeForest Buckner was available in the offseason. How did they not make a play for that guy? I mean, if that isn't the difference between Indy's defense now, why Indy's defense looks like San Francisco's defense used to look. Right. I mean, to me, that's it. I mean, DeForest Buckner was there. We didn't even hear about him sniffing the tires, kicking the tires on that. So, I mean, I can't put this on Mike Pettin. This, to me, seems like, you know, for some reason, Packers brass thinks that they have one stud D lineman and – some stud outside linebackers that that's enough and it just is not it really isn't Kenny Clark needs help on that line so he's not the only one and Lancaster and Lowry are in the in the way more than they're helpful and uh I mean he's the only one Kenny Clark's the only one on the line and then you've got uh Zedarius on the end Preston's playing terrible this year and and I just I have to say you know I know there was the play where Preston was dropping back into coverage and I don't know what that guy's doing there, but sometimes you're going to call the wrong D, and to me it seems like if there was stout middle linebacker play, that could have helped out there. And I just you know they have neglected these positions for too long, and and uh, it's just it's really a it's mind boggling because I I'm no. It makes me go, well, why don't I just walk down there and fill out an application? I mean, I live, yeah. you know, half mile from the stadium. Hell, if I had made the, the 2020 draft, I think the Packers would be looking better this year than go to Kent's picks. And that's lame to be able to say. It's really terrible to be able to say that. Yeah, but, I really thought that uh, when they traded up that Patrick Queen was in their future, and I thought, okay, they're finally going to value that middle linebacking position. They just didn't. They just didn't. I agree with you. Um, and, and, and like I've said, oh, look, we can beat a dead horse when it comes to talking about the draft. I, I, I hate to talk about the upcoming draft, 
because I don't want to get that far ahead. I don't want to look that far ahead. I, I don't. I don't want to get into that because I. I. I still want to see this team do well. I just when you keep saying seeing kind of the same thing, you know. And, and eventually, there's going to be a poll. Eventually, we're going to hold a poll, okay? And we're going to say, um, you know, we'll we'll see where the Packers end, but we'll do it before the postseason begins, okay? But at some point, we're going to say, okay, um, do you feel the Packers did the right thing in drafting Jordan Love and trading up a fourth-round draft choice to do it, okay? And it's going to be one of those things where you're going to look at this season, they're either going to be 14-2 or or 13-3, and okay? That's where it's going to end up. And at that point, going into the postseason, you got to make a determination, did they do the right thing? Because if you're sitting at 13-3 and and you believe you have a legitimate shot in the postseason, then you're probably saying, you know what? If they believe they've secured the future, then so be it. Yes, it was probably a really good pick. Sitting here today, hindsight being what it is. But if you feel that they don't have that shot and you're looking at different players that may have been helpful to this team, not even just draft picks, but guys that they might have traded for other particular players instead of going after a player that wasn't going to play, you could probably say, no, in the here and the now, no, not a good pick. And it doesn't matter three years down the road. That, that's what becomes the, the agitator, I guess. But at some point, you got to ask yourself, was it worth it? Was it worth it? Or could that extra piece have put you over the top? I'm telling you, if this team has Patrick Queen, it is a different-looking defense. And Patrick Queen may be up for rookie of the year. Playing in a nickel-and-dime defense the way Mike Patton likes to play him. So, you know, it, it, it's... If if Jordan Love turns out to be the the heir apparent and has 15 years of a great run, then they did the right thing. But sitting here this year and sitting here next year and the year after, I I don't know how you can legitimately say that. Not right now. 855-830-8648-855-830-8648. Uh, let's uh, one more time real quick. Let's go to uh David listening to us in Appleton. David, how you doing, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill, how you doing? I'm doing great today. What you thinking? Good. Hey, I got a hybrid of a couple of thoughts on these things. I'm kind of agree with some and don't agree with others. I uh, totally agree that we should have done something to help the defense with that draft pick. Um, even before we knew how good Patrick Queens was, um, definitely with you on that. I just want to point out a few draft picks that have looked like they're improving and might have been good picks. Um, I thought Rashad Gary played really well on Sunday, and I think he's improving every week. And I just he's getting better. He just needs quick. to get some moves. Uh, but you're absolutely right. right. He's getting better. He just needs I to get some moves. We're, we're quick to pick out the bad ones and the ones we should have had. But that offensive lineman we took two years ago, he's really working out well. Um, Hogan Jenks is And then the, the other thing is, talking about money and who we, you know, you can't pay your own people and go get everybody else you would like to. I mean, look what happened to the Bears with because they got Mac and how that handcuffed them for maybe what they could also do on offense. It's very hard to put a team together and get everybody on your wish list on both sides of the ball. We have one of the highest-paid nose tackles in the game. We have the highest-paid left tackle in the game. We have one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the game. We've got two very highly-paid defensive ends. You cannot – these people that just say we should pay, 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 I think the Packers do a reasonable job with that. And it's pretty easy to look back afterwards and say we should have, would have, could have. Um, mm-hmm. So other than helping ourselves on defense with 
the draft pick. I mean, I, I think there's, there's some pretty good things that have gone on, too. No, I completely 100% agree. Brian Gutekunst has not been this train wreck of a failure like many have pointed out. Uh, th- that's just not true. He has done many good things. You look at uh, you mentioned Elkin Jenkins, who has been uh, kind of an unsung hero. Appreciate the phone call. Kind of an unsung hero. He has been just simply fantastic. And the fact that his versatility, he's been really, really good in that particular way. Uh, who knows how good Josiah DeGuara would have been had he not gotten injured. Kamal Martin certainly is a guy that's showing a lot of promise. John Runyon is as well. Rashawn Gary last year. I, I really like Darnell Savage Jr. I like the fact that he is a hitter and is pretty assured when it comes to tackling. Just needs to be a little bit better. Alkin Jenkins, the same thing. Obviously, he's been really, really good. You're waiting for J- the emergence of Jay Sternberger. So if the top four in, in what was it, uh, last year's draft, if they come to fruition, then that's a solid draft. Jair Alexander, one of the better cover corners. Josh Jackson, he's gotten to a plateau and kind of sat there. Oren Burks has not proven to, to, to be the third-round pick that everybody thought he was going to be. Obviously, you lost Cole Madison. Uh, J.K. Scott has had his own issues this year. Marquez Valdez-Scanling is, is starting to come on in that 2018 draft as that fifth-round draft choice. So, look, for what he took in 2018, 19, and 20, some of his draft choices are panning out. What what people are upset about is that it, what, what really highlights it is the Jordan Love pick. Again, it, it, and I hate to beat a dead horse, but that's it. Because you're sitting there going, you lost not one but two draft choices. Had it, now, let's say they do trade up and get Patrick Queen, well, then you got a guy that's starting and being an impactful player on a defense that desperately needs consistency at the middle linebacker play. And Kirksey, not to say that he hasn't played well, it's just he hasn't played a whole lot because he has been injured, much like his 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 resume gave you coming into this season. 855-830-8648. Let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break, come back. When we do, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. You can hear that conversation coming up next. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Peace up. Peace up. A-Town. Down. Hey, uh, the Miami Heat look like they're going to sign all-star Bam Abadeo to a five-year, $163 million contract extension, according to The Athletic. Sham Sharina is uh, reporting that. So uh, there was a lot of talk about where he might end up. And there's some talk about this because it seemed like others – Anthony Davis and Bam, they seem to be waiting maybe maybe on decisions from the Bucs. Uh, the Bucks have been operating under the belief that uh, Giannis is going to re-sign the Supermax, but nothing has been agreed upon. And uh, Brian Windhorst said, I think there's a couple of uh, all-star players waiting to see what Giannis does. Uh, the uh, That's Anthony Davis. He's coming back to the Lakers, but he may change that, uh, that uh, contract of his. Uh, the way it's structured to give the Lakers a window, if not for Giannis, but maybe for somebody else in a plus one, because that's what LeBron is on now. And uh, Bam Avadeo, uh, if he signs the max contract, uh, the Heat will not have the room. But if he uh, waits a year, then they will. So we'll have to wait and see. But it looks like he's going to sign with uh, Miami. So a lot of consternation right now as to uh, who's going to go where. But it looks like Bam's going to stay with the uh, the Miami Heat, so uh, so we'll see, but at, at least that's what's being reported as of right now. So there you go. How are we looking? In the meantime, our good buddy Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press Gazette, uh, we had a chance to uh, catch up, chat with him, and bra- basically give him the topic of the day. The topic of the day is this: Are the Packers 
a good team who played poorly, or are they a, a, a mediocre team who played to what it is we figured they would do? And and I guess the wash, rinse, repeat, are they going to let us down again in the playoffs? You know, Bill, I, I don't know that you can say that this team is marketably better than what teams we've seen in the past, teams that in the last decade have been to, to three NFC Championship games, stopped short every time. I do think, though, that what might be different is the conference landscape as a whole. I mean, just look at the NFC right now. It is as wide open as I can remember it being in the last decade. And in the past, when the Packers have had really, really good teams that might not quite be great, they've ran into the Seattle Seahawks and that Pete Carroll defense. They've run into Julio Jones and Matt Ryan at their peak. They ran in last year to a, a buzzsaw in San Francisco that had the defense, that had the that run game that, that had all the, all the, the pieces and, and almost almost beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. That, that was a really, really good 49ers team. This year, you look at the conference landscape, five teams have seven wins. Only one team has more than that, the Saints, with eight. And the Packers beat the Saints in New Orleans. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that this Packers team is, is markedly better than, than what we've seen in the past. But this there's, there's not that great team in the NFC right now to really – distinguish itself and I think it's as wide open for the Packers as anybody else so one of the uh interesting stories that came out was about Aaron Rodgers record against winning teams I don't know if you saw this it was uh it was in sports and fitness I think uh, it was a digest they just kind of wrote an article about his winning record against uh good teams and and look uh the one thing Aaron gets a lot of credit I'll give him that but when you start to lay the loss record at his feet it's tough because of the defense. It's it's tough to look at this defense and say, well, your quarterback is failing you because you have a championship-style defense. And this team just doesn't. They haven't had one for a long, long time. I think it's unfair. We give quarterbacks way too much credit, okay, and I get it because sometimes it's just the guys catching the football and what they do after the fact. But I think it's unfair to lay a lot of the blame and a lot of the loss at the feet of Aaron Rodgers. Do you? What, what's got to be frustrating for Packers fans is that – in my time on the beat, my first beat year was 2014, and this is my seventh season. And in those seven years, the two worst offenses that the Packers have had was 2015 and 2019, last year. And those were probably the two best defenses that they've had in that time. 2015 defense was awfully good. 2019, last year, it wasn't so much good. It was, it was mediocre, but what it was was it made a lot of plays, 25 takeaways, constant pass rush, really buckled down in the red zone. Uh, it, it was just it was a playmaking defense, not, not, a, not a great defense, but a playmaking defense to really balance out some, some uh, offenses that were more on the poor side. If you look at really the last, the last decade as a whole, you've not seen a complementary football team, and Matt LaFleur talked a lot about that coming out of Indy is needing to be a complementary football team that plays well on, on three phases. Frankly, the Packers saw that with the Indianapolis Colts this, this past Sunday. They saw very much a complimentary football team. That that Colts offense is not great. It's got some pieces. It's not great. Uh, that, that Colts defense might not be great. They gave up 28 points despite having two turnovers in, in the first half, but they really they, they, they complemented each, each other well, and then they had the special teams on top of that. Um, the Packers just haven't been able to put together a complimentary team. Uh, they just they can't get the offense and defense on, on the same page at the same time in the same year. Uh, and, and that's that's tough to, to go far in the playoffs that way. Um, we were talking before about uh, th- this team and defensively speaking, when Mike Pettin 
runs out certain schemes, we'll say, because everybody wants to fire Mike Pettin, and the scheme sucks, okay? I know you hear it. I hear it all the time, too. Okay. So here's the thing, and I've said there's one of two reasons. Either you're obstinate because he'll run certain packages. I see them in run mode, and I'm watching him run dime, and he's going to live and die with dime. Sometimes you look at it and say, Either one, just the scheme didn't work out that way and, you know, you got mismatches and and the offense did a good job. Or sometimes if you're a defensive coordinator, one thing he'll never tell us is that's my best option. I'm trying to just put the best players on the field because some of the guys that you say should be out there, maybe they just don't belong out there or they haven't excelled in certain situations. So you tell me, because everybody seems to think that there's either it's scheme or the Joes or, you know, obviously the combination thereof. But you tell me what you think when you look at some of the – because I was wondering why he stuck with that dime defense. He was going to live and die with that thing. And they were still running the ball against him, throwing the ball against him. Preston Smith's dropping into coverage. Why are you not just all out rushing a quarterback, trying to put pressure on Phillip Rivers and trying to stop the run with beef up front? Yeah, I think everything Mike Pettin does is because he thinks it's the best way to do it. It gives him the best chance to play good defense and, and by, by product win. Uh, with Phillip Rivers – just last year, he got rid of the ball so quick that, I mean, if you listen to Mike Patton going into that game, he was aware that there, there wasn't going to be a lot of opportunity to, to rush the passer with how quick his release was. Uh, that the real the, the real goal was was to fill holes in coverage, and they didn't do that. And at the end of the day, I mean, I, I get that the soft zone coverage on third and long can be maddening, but at the end of the day, your your defensive backs need to know where the markers are and not let catches happen in front of them. And that, that's the entire design and purpose of soft zone on third and long is to have the, the, the receptions come short of the markers and make the play and make the tackle. When your DBs are backing up past the marker, that's on the DBs. The, the, the defensive coordinator can't go out there and, and get their, their drop depths right for them. They, they have to know where, where they are on the field. And so, you know, I, I was thinking this the other day. If if you only if the only coordinators that that didn't suck were, were coordinators of good defenses, you'd only have ten coordinators that are fit to do the job in the thirty-two league team league every year. It's kind of like quarterback. There's not a good enough good defensive coordinators, not good enough good quarterbacks. Um, at some point, you you have to look at a guy not based solely on the product on the field because there's going to be only ten really solid top-notch defenses a year, but how does he use the pieces that he has and does he put his guys in the best position to succeed that that's coaching Mike Pettin's been doing it a really long time I'm not saying that if something doesn't change that his job's perfectly safe or that it should be but if you keep rummaging guys in and out and going through schemes at some point you're you're going to create a much bigger mess than what you had before Talking with Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Now you've got a, a Bears team uh, that's coming into Lambeau Field. You're going to get a few fans in the stands, family and friends, nothing major. But uh, but but this team, again, we're looking at a really a, a championship-style defense versus uh, this Green Bay Packers offense, but an offense that just flat-out isn't very good whatsoever. So my question is this. You know, this offense is built to play from ahead and this defense for the Packers is is built to play with a lead. So in this contest, I I think the Packers are going to win the game. I think the Packers are going to win the game probably by double digits. I don't have a big worry about that. But what are you looking for in this upcoming game? Well, let's let's go to that defense that we were just talking about. If if you can't if you can't show up against this Bears offense, you're not going to show up against just about anybody. This is a bad Bears offense. So 
this should be a, a confidence building week for the defense, and, and it needs to be that. It, just because it should be that on paper doesn't mean it will be that way on the field. So they've got to bring that, uh, but it should be that. And then, similar to this past week, I mean that, that Packers offense against this Bears defense is going to be one hell of a matchup. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, you know that's that, that is a championship caliber Bears defense on on the other side of the ball. So uh, it's a good it's another good measuring stick for a Packers offense that played half a game uh, their first half that was as good as they played maybe in the Matt LaFleur era uh, against that defense in that environment uh, on the road that that was that was Super Bowl caliber offense and then they scored three points the rest of the game so they've got to. it's like Matt LaFleur said yesterday they've got to put it together for four quarters and that's a terribly cliche but it's true you can't have 28 points in the first half and three in the second half they've got to put it together for all 60 minutes so there you go. That was uh, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette earlier today on the program, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. Uh, and look, if you're looking to change teams or looking for a new job, they're great people. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. We'll wrap it up coming up next. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers will practice tomorrow, getting ready to face the Chicago Bears here at Lambeau Field on Sunday night. Green Bay now 7-3. and three. At 5-5, five and five, the Bears trying to snap a four-game losing streak. Bears head coach Matt Nagy. Regardless of who we were playing, right now because of where we're at as a team you know being five and five after being five and one we want to do whatever we need to do on sunday night whatever we need to do to come out with that w packer center Corey lindsley dealing with a back injury second year man elton jenkins moved over from his left guard spot to center in sunday's game against the colts building we always say don't blink so once the coach said i was going once my coach said i was going in to play center i just like i was like okay what i can do to help the team packers head coach matt lafleur on how the offensive line looked on the game tape i thought we blocked really well it's never easy to lose a player of Corey's caliber and for somebody to come in and, and you know, just pick up and, and do a great job. That's a credit to those guys, Elton. I mean, the fact that he can go anywhere in the offensive line is absolutely incredible. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. And uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at New Male Medical. Guys, if you're looking to feel better, look better. If you're looking for more energy, better mental clarity, better mood, better stamina, better in the bedroom. Look, the holiday seasons are here, and there's no better gift to give than you. A better, newer version of you. And uh, all you got to do is call 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. It was not Mike McCarthy. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, earlier today, uh, ambulance services, medical services were called to the Dallas Cowboys uh, facility uh, in a coach. It was reported that a coach had, um, had fallen ill. Uh, we can only imagine what it is. I don't know if it was a heart attack or what, but it was not Mike McCarthy. It's their strength and conditioning coach. Marcus Paul uh, experienced a medical emergency immediately treated by Cowboys medical personnel, transported to the local hospital by ambulance. 
Uh, he's undergoing further medical tests. Additional information is going to be made, made available later. Uh, the Cl- Cowboys players and staff attended a pre-scheduled 8.05 a.m. team meeting this morning, and they were told by the head coach that today's practice scheduled for 11.30 canceled. Uh, they say the organization extended its prayers and support to Paul's family and asked for friends and followers of the Marcus of Marcus, that is family, and, uh, and, and you just keep them in your mind and your thoughts and your prayers. But uh, it was not Mike McCarthy. Uh, there was some erroneous news running around out there, and some of you were emailing me that Mike McCarthy was taken to the hospital. That's not true. It was their strength and conditioning coordinator, Marcus Paul, who was. So uh, we'll keep our, our thoughts and such uh, down there in, in, in uh, Dallas uh, regarding their strength and conditioning coordinator. But uh, just an FYI, I wanted to make sure we cleared that up. Coming up tomorrow on the program, we got another good one. Peter King's going to stop by. Looking forward to that. Our buddy Sean Devaney, Forbes.com, talking bucks in the NBA. He's going to be here as well. Plus, as we get ready for Thanksgiving, there's one dish that I know it's traditional. I can't do it. I'll tell you why coming up tomorrow, but we'll talk about your uh, – the dishes that you're like, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah, that's just, I, I can't do that. No, we'll get into that discussion tomorrow as well. Time for us to go. Have a going. Whoop. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.